Uh, welcome. It is Bowerly on uh, News Radio 930 WBEN Loves. And uh, a story that I, I came across is that the United States, compared to other wealthy nations, we are seeing an epidemic of more people dying younger than other first world countries. Why is that? Why is that? And more importantly, has it happened to you? Uh, we had a call the opening hour that was just absolutely riveting from Sue in Clarence. And, you know, what happened in your life with the person in your family, maybe close to you, who died far too young? Now, I'm not sure what your definition of young is, okay? I don't know. Um, but I would say that uh, anything up to 60 to me is young. After 60... Yeah, I, I don't know. I think it depends on the individual. I mean, some 60-year-olds are barely ambulatory and others uh, do quite, quite fine. 803-0930, star 930, and 1-800-616-WBEN. Uh, uh, I mean, my brother died in his mid-60s, so... <laughs> start your start your clocks now. All right, 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. All I know is that uh, when that time comes, Josh, um, I know you'll be down the hall at the sports station, but you be sure that they name this the Tom Bowerly Memorial Talk Studio. Would you do that for me? Thank you. 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. Here is uh, Betty... Also in Clarence, Betty, you're on WBEN. Welcome to the show, my love. Thank you. How are you today? Well, I am uh, interested in hearing about what you guys have to say about people in your lives who have died young and why they died and why we have this epidemic of younger people dying more so in the United States than they do in other countries. Right. Well, um, my son passed away 19 years ago. He was 33 years old, oh. and he died of an accidental overdose of fentanyl. Oh. <laughs> and, <clears throat> I'm going to try to hold it together. <laughs> it's been 19 years, but the grief never goes away. Um, many times during the day, I think of him. Of course you do. I cannot tell you. How many things remind me of him? And um, I just thought I would share my story. That was the first time I had ever heard of fentanyl. And I do not live under a rock. Right. I'm pretty much out there and always have been. And um, every time I hear that a child dies of fentanyl on the TV or on the radio, it just rips through me because I know those parents are going to have to face for the rest of their life. Not today, not tomorrow, not next year, not two years. It's you take it to the grave with you. Well, I mean, let's, let's just uh, backtrack a little bit. Um, I, don't know this from personal experience, but anytime a parent loses a child, even if that child is in his 60s or 70s, it is a blow. Um, the fact that this was entirely avoidable, do you, was it, I mean, forgive my prying, but um, was it cocaine? Was it heroin? What happened? Well, 
No, it was fentanyl. But so he he took like fentanyl without it being uh, an adulterant in anything else he was doing. It, um, no, he um, actually had. Um, my understanding was that he lived in Las Vegas. He was at a party that day, and um, he was leaving for Hawaii the next day. And I'm sure he must have mentioned the fact he had a hard time getting to sleep. Somebody gave him this fentanyl. Uh. Um, somebody who was taking it as a painkiller for a back problem. Oh. And said, this will help you sleep. And um, it was um, back then, I believe, a fentanyl sucker um, that they found. And he took it, and it killed him instantly. <clears throat> he had an extremely successful career. He was on one of the very first um, reality TV shows that was ever on, American Casino. And um, his life was, he had owned three homes in Las Vegas. He was rocking and rolling. And I'll tell you, that high life and all that rocking and rolling, that's, you know, not all what it's cracked up to be. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, obviously. Talking the f- to the coroner because I wanted, the coroner was amazing to me because he said they were waiting outside his door for the autopsy and it took months. Right. Um, he wanted to let me know that it was an accidental overdose of fentanyl and there were no other drugs in his system. He was not, he liked to drink, but he didn't take drugs as a rule. Now, so. just just out of curiosity, was the person who gave your son the fentanyl um, ever prosecuted? Nope. They would not do anything about it. They didn't want to hear about it. You didn't and pursue civil. You didn't pursue. Wa- you didn't pursue a civil remedy against that person. No, but I I went to, um, you know, I went to the police in Las Vegas, and I talked to them because they had just starting, were just starting to have these deaths from fentanyl in Las Vegas. And this is 19 years ago, Tom. This is not today or last no, year no. when we're hearing about it all the time. 19 years is a long time. And um, I said to them, I said, they know the person that gave them to him. You know, aren't you going to do any, nothing we can do? We can't prove it. Blah, 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 this and that. Uh, and, well, I'm not familiar with Nevada penal law, but it would seem to me that criminally negligent homicide might be an uh, uh, applicable charge in New York State uh, at this point. I mean, he should it's have known. In Las Vegas, Nevada. Yeah, I know. I get it. Happened. I get it. And I... We have high rollers, and they protect their high rollers out there. Yeah. And you know what? I think at the time I was just so grief stricken and bereft. I, you know, pursuing this person. I mean, I tried to appeal to the police that he was spreading this all over, and they were they were finding. Women dead from it, you know, women that they pay for sex with and 
they, they just it wasn't a priority for them or they were covering it up. I can't explain it to you. I did have an officer from Los Angeles Police Department contact me, and he was very interested in following up on this because he had been watching the television show. And he did some research into my son, and he was just, he felt there was more to it, and he wanted to get in contact. This person that gave it to him was from California. He got it from a doctor. He wanted to pursue it. And the next thing I know, this guy was transferred out of the department. Uh, Out of the department or out of the particular unit in which he was operating? I, I believe it was out of the department because I tried to call and they said he's no longer there. You don't think there was a connection, do you? I don't know. I, you know what? And it's 19 years and it's a long time. And I'm not going to tell you, I'm, you know, I grieve it up all the time. But I guess I, I, just, um, I just didn't pursue it. And maybe I should have. Maybe I should have. Well, pushed farther and pushed harder. Betty, you were also in a state of profound. I was ready for you, it. you were also in a state of be, a profound grief, as you said. You were bereft of uh, yeah. the ability to make any logical decisions at that point, which is normal um, when you're in the grieving process. Did you reach out at all to uh, DEA? No, I did not. Um, I mean, they've got federal jurisdiction here. Yeah, we talked to a local attorney here, and he told me to forget it. Well, and I'm should... not talking about a, an attorney that wasn't high pro, very high profile attorney. Well, I, I, I mean, my son that 19, 19 uh, years ago was uh, nobody had heard of fentanyl. Very few people had heard of fentanyl outside the yeah. medical uh, community. Nineteen years ago, today I suspect it would have a different outcome because. Um, recently uh, in Buffalo, some people got sentenced to uh, long terms in prison for selling uh, fentanyl-laced heroin to people. And uh, one of the individuals, mm-hmm. one of the individuals who sold it to uh, an undercover officer, said, "Be careful with this. We just had somebody die from it." I mean, I'm sorry, but let me just get this straight. You know that you're selling a lethal product, and what you tell somebody is, be careful with it. We just had somebody die. Talk about a uh, uh, reckless disregard for human life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And the unfortunate part is, Tom, is that it's the parents and the brothers and the sisters and the aunts and the uncles that are left with, with just heartbreak and grief and it, it's so sad. And I do want to mention one thing, that one thing that did help me, at, you know, a couple of years after he passed, because, of course, I went for counseling and I tried different things. And there's a book, and it's called When the Bow Breaks. And it's written by parents who have lost children. And they view through and understand that your grief does not you're crazy it's not that you've dragged us out it's so normal and they things that trigger your grief like going into a grocery store and looking at a box of cereal and you know your son ate that cereal every day and you start crying yeah i mean there's triggers triggers everywhere in any grief situation i would love to I'm yeah. sorry, honey. 
if I can pass the name of the book on to any parents that are grieving, it is a tremendous help. Give us the title again. When the Bow Breaks. Is it Bell, B-E-L-L, or Vow? Vow. V-O-W. O-U-G-H. Oh, Bow. When the Bow Breaks. Okay. Sorry, I wasn't thinking in arboreal terms. Um, no, that that is um, obviously a very very touching story. So, you know, we're we're talking about people that you have known who have died way too soon. Obviously, your son in his early thirties, um, and we are inviting other people to call in. By the way, at eight zero three zero nine thirty star nine thirty and one eight hundred six one six W B E N. Betty, um, how has your son's accidental overdose? having been given a uh, dose of fentanyl by somebody who had been legally prescribed it, but then illegally transferred it to someone else. How has it affected you as a person? I mean, I can hear it. I think we can all hear it in, in your voice from time to time. You get choked up. It's been 19 years, but that's your son we're talking about. So you're totally entitled to it. How, how else has it affected you? I mean, you you have problems sleeping at night. You wake up in the morning with crying jags. What what happens? No, no, I don't. And I do have trouble sleeping. Um, it's amazing. When I do dream of him, it's so real. And he's right in front of me. And I, I'm always putting my arms around him. And that's the thing I miss most that I can't. Hug him or kiss him ever again, ever. It's over. No. I'm a very affectionate mother. I love to hug and kiss my children and grandchildren, and um, and I miss his smile. He had the most wonderful smile. It was beautiful. I miss it. I miss him when he used to call me every Sunday night and talk to me and go, "Hey, Mama, what's going on?" You know, things like that. I miss that. I miss what what would have been, you know, grandchildren, a marriage, you know, just, you know, being together. Understood. Yeah. And but you you do not that this makes the grief over your son any less, but you do have other children. So blessed. Yes. So yeah. Blessed. I mean, they they need you. Obviously, and, and they they need you, love. Yeah. And that's probably one of the only things that saved me from not checking out is the fact that I had other people that needed me. And I'm so glad I didn't do that because I have had so many wonderful years with my children and grandchildren that, oh, my gosh, I'm blessed. I always say God took one and gave me three. So... I'm, I'm very lucky. But, you know, you're, you're never, Betty, you're, you're never going to be, I mean, based on my personal experiences with many parents who have been through exactly what you've been through, you are never going to be the same person that you were. Yeah. You know, it, it, it no. doesn't it doesn't leave you. It stays with you forever. It does. So, like, when I, when I go on my rants about heroin and cocaine with the fentanyl these days, I know of what I speak because I have seen how it has really screwed people up who are left behind to mourn the people who've died. You and, do. You, know, you are so, so, oh, 100%. Yeah, I mean, look, 
I mean, I'm in the entertainment business, and that's all I'm going to say about that. But I'm going to say that I wouldn't touch it anymore. No way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, how could you even think of it? Um, I, mean, I can't. Every day they're warning everyone. Uh, it, it, it's it, late. It's well, late. We, there, there was a case in North Tonawanda a couple of years ago where I think three out of the four people who were doing cocaine ended up dead in an apartment in North Tonawanda. It might have been the city of Tonawanda, but uh, obviously it was laced with fentanyl. And, you know, you talk to people with uh, the Erie County DOH, most of the most of the drug overdoses. And this is this is one of my pet peeves. uh, They they ascribe them to opiates as if it is the legally prescribed opiates that are killing people. Generally, it is not. It is the fentanyl-laced cocaine and heroin that is primarily responsible for the premature deaths. It isn't the hydrocodone, the oxycodone. It's not that stuff. It's right. the fentanyl that's mixed in with the other stuff. I, I'm so sorry, Betty, that uh, you've, you've had to go through that. You sound like a very strong woman. You also sound like a very sensitive woman. Do you Is, is the boy's father still in the picture, or what, what's that situation? Um, no, we're divorced. Um, and uh, long before my son passed, but um, he, you know, he was there. But, um, but but is he is he is he doing okay? Because I mean, you sometimes men have issues showing emotion. So. I, I don't have a lot of interaction with him. All right, I believe so. Um, you know, I worry about my son, who he was close with, and who never wants to share his feelings with me about it, and that bothers me. Well, different people have different ways. Well, he's sharing with someone else, you know. But Maybe look, he feels it'll hurt me too much. You know I what? You, know. You're experienced enough, I'm sure, in life to know that different people have different ways of dealing with grief, yeah. and that might very well be that one's individual, that one individual's way of dealing with grief. Um, you're very outspoken about it, and you know, I, I hope that you found the phone call helpful. Um, I found it very, very instructive, and I thank you very much for the call, and I wish nothing but the best for you. Thank you for listening. Oh, are you kidding me? My pleasure, and uh, please hang in there, okay? You too. All right, my love. There's uh, Betty and Clarence. Um, I'm trying to give people as much time as possible to talk, and I know it's frustrating when you're on hold. I do have open lines now. People you have known who have died too soon. Why is this topic a topic? Because the studyfinds.org website shows that the United States has more basically young people dying than any other country that you'd consider a first world country. And has it affected you? 803. See, I can't count my brother because he was in his mid-60s. And I'm sorry, forgive me, I don't consider that young. I, I don't. But 30s, 40s, 50s, that I consider young or relatively young, on the cusp of youth. I say we just let this play the whole 10-minute live version. Uh, maybe not. Wenger might have an issue. Uh, it is uh, 338 at News Radio 930 WBEN. It is Bowerly. And if you are uh, just joining us, um, interesting story out of the studyfinds.org website. A recent study 
is revealing the dire state of public health in the United States in comparison to other wealthy nations. The United States' death rate far outpaces America's peers, leading researchers to say that the country is actually experiencing a crisis of early death. Uh, Boston University involved in the research. Basically, uh, bottom line is we're losing a lot of people under the age of 65. So if this is happening across the United States, I've got to believe it's happened to people listening to this show. And we've already heard from a couple of people to whom this has happened. One, because of a presumed heart attack, and the other because of a uh, drug overdose. But um, if you have experienced, like, somebody who left way too soon, uh, I, I would love to hear the story, not to be morbid or anything, but I, I would personally love to hear the story. 803-0930 is the phone number, star 930 on the cell phone, 1-800-616-WBEN. What happened um, to your loved one? Uh, how did it affect your family? How did it affect your life? And um, again, you know, what what happened would be, I think, uh, one of the most uh, important questions. And uh, why why is it uh, in a country with uh, first class medicine, by and large, that we have such a high number of people dying before the age of 65? And it's weird because um, way back when researchers always used to talk about the French paradox because nobody eats the kind of fat the French eat. Nobody smokes as much as the French. And yet the old thing, I'm not sure if it's still valid, was, my goodness, for people who eat a lot of fat and who smoke a lot of cigarettes, these French people sure do live a long time and they don't die of heart disease. Now, is that true? I don't know. 803, maybe some of it's genetic. I mean, I'm just saying 803-0930 is the uh, phone number. What happened to you in your life? It might, you know, it might have even been a celebrity that caught you off guard. Um, and there is in the rock and roll world um, the 27, the curse of being 27. So many famous musicians have left at 27. At least uh, John Bonham, the drummer from Led Zeppelin, was uh, what 32 when he died after having about uh, 18 bottles of alcohol, of vodka in one day. I'm exaggerating that, but probably not by much. 803-0930, star 930, and 1-800-616-WBEN. 803-0930, uh, early death in your family, early death in your circle of friends. Um, it, it happens, and I've been through it, you've been through it. Um, I had a very dear friend die at the age of 50 of basically sudden heart issues. And she'd had, a, this is back in 2014, 2015, she'd had a long history of heart issues. And one day she went over to uh, her parents' house and got out of the car and collapsed and basically died within a few hours. And that was a very, um, it was very, very difficult for me because she was a very, very dear and close friend, confidant, and advisor, um, and just a really lovely person. And I, you know, I miss her to this day. I think about her, you know, it's been almost 10 years, and I think about her every day. I really do. She's just uh, terrific. Um, and certainly there have been people, you know, I've told you the story about uh, the young lady with whom I went to high school who died like a day after graduation. Uh, she wasn't at graduation, but I'll never forget when 
she came and she talked to me and she said, you know, everybody says I'm going to die. I'm not going to die. And then right after graduation, we find out that she died. And uh, that was obviously that was tough. I can't imagine what it was for her family. She was a beautiful, like a really a gorgeous young woman. And uh, it, it's really a shame. And I've told you about people um, that I've known in the past who in their 20s, um, have died of testicular cancer, talking about males. And, you know, we're coming up on October. Hate to break the news to you, but uh, not that far away. And what is October? It's Breast Cancer Awareness Month. How, how do I begin, especially in this area for some reason, how do I begin to talk about the number of young women who have died of breast cancer? I mean, you may very well have some stories along those lines. You might very well encourage people to do regular self-exams or a mammogram or something like that. I mean, the idea here is, look, I want you to be able to share what you went through, but maybe people can pick up things from your conversation that will help themselves or a loved one along the way. And look, this subject um, is very near and dear to me because I came really close to checking out at 54. And whenever I walk, I said at the beginning of the show, through a cemetery, and I see a guy who dies between 50 and 60, I just automatically assume heart attack, cardiovascular disease, heart attack, cardiovascular disease. I, oh, that, that's just my automatic assumption, uh, especially in western New York. And I want to know where you are uh, on this if it's happened to you. Now, look, my mom is uh, going to be 90 years old, and um, I- I've talked to her about this. When she goes, it's not going to be a lot of fun. I mean, it shouldn't be a lot of fun. On the other hand, 90 years is quite a run. Maybe she'll make more. I don't know. But that is not an early death. That is not a missing America, uh, missing American. That is the, the cycle of life. It's how it goes. And I don't really believe that I've got any reason to suspect I'm going to come anywhere close to 90 years old. And that's why I'm telling Josh to make sure they call this the Tom Bowerly Memorial Talk Studio. Um, 803-0930 is the phone number. If you have experienced the death of somebody way before they should have gone, you know how, how did it affect you? And when you hear these ads about life insurance, you should really pay attention to the ads about life insurance while you are still insurable. And I'll confide something in you that I've told you before. I am absolutely uninsurable. I cannot get life insurance past what I'm offered here at the radio station as by virtue of being an employee of the radio station. I am absolutely uninsurable. I could go through the list and it's actually comical uh, what's going on. But somehow, I don't know, I just persevere from day to day. I don't let it bother me. I live my life and whatever happens, happens. Told you yesterday, I'd rather sacrifice a couple of years at the end for a lot of fun in the meantime, because that's just my personality type. I think I have FOMO, fear of missing out. Um, I want your phone calls. 803-0930 is the phone number. If you've been touched by early death, early death, let's call early death anywhere, I don't know, under the age of 60. Is that, am I, am I being fair or unfair when I say 60? I don't know. 60 to me sounds, I don't know. Anything after 60 to me sounds like, okay, you're old. 
I mean, including myself, soon to be. 803-0930 is the phone number, star 930 on the cell phone, 1-800-616-WBEN. 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. Uh, those would be the uh, telephone numbers. And, you know, the weirdest the, the weirdest thing is, uh, I, don't, it just, I don't know how many, if you can relate to this, but... Uh, the first time you realize you are a grandparent, that is the strangest thing ever. Some people get off on it. Some people really enjoy it. I just don't happen to be one of those people because to me, I'm always going to be 12 years old. So when I think about myself being a grandparent, you know, some people would would smile and be all happy and ecstatic. I just think, oh, great. You are exactly the age you remember your grandparents being when you thought they were old. Outstanding. All right, 803-0930, star 930 and 1-800-616-WBEN. Anne in Arcade, you are on WBEN. And what's your story, my love? So, Tom, in 1996, my husband's brother was traveling in his own plane from uh, Little Rock, Arkansas, back to Memphis, where they live, Tennessee, and they crashed into the side of a mountain. He died along with his 12- and 13-year-old adopted children that were from his wife and the little 6-year-old who was his and his wife's child. Oh. Um, Yeah, it was awful. It was really awful. Okay, um, did the... I'm, I'm sure that the FAA investigated and issued an accident report. Were they able to figure out what went wrong? They said it was pilot error, and we believe that he might have gotten uh, ice on his wings. He'd been flying for years, and uh, they were coming back from uh, the two older kids were uh, invited to participate in the Junior Olympics that year. Mm. They had a meeting in Little Rock, and they were on their way back from that meeting when they crashed into this mountain. now the wife, my, my dear, I, I, this this is you know this is the first accidental death story we've had, and I want to give you more time, but I am a prisoner of the clock, and I need you to just hold on if you would, and you know sure. as as somebody who will never have a pilot's license, but who is solo flown, I'm interested in uh, this story in particular. By the way, this summer, my opinion has absolutely sucked. Um, I would give it a 4 out of 10, and that, I think, is being generous. And it's not so much the weather, it's when the weather was good and when it was bad. Every time you want to do something outside, the weather has sucked, okay? And maybe the people at Diamond Hawk will finally get a clue that you ought to put the bands inside when it's going to be 60 degrees outside, okay? Diamond Hawk management, quit putting bands outside when people are freezing their nuts off. Put them inside. Thank you. Um, that should be good for a couple of free drinks tonight. What do you say? Here is uh, Anne again in Arcade. And, uh, Anne, you were on WBEN, uh, and you told a story about a number of people, including small children, who died instantly, I'm sure, in a uh, general aviation plane crash into a mountain pilot error. Um, the, the thought was that there was ice on the wings, but... I mean, he would have known the altitude at which he was flying as long as he was on course. Yes, he would have. And so that's why they they deemed it uh, pilot error. But we'll never know. You know, they're all gone. And Mm. he'd flown for years. It was his own plane. His wife, they were both in the Coast Guard Reserves, and his wife was serving that weekend. 
So she couldn't go with them. So she found out that all three of her children and her husband died when she got oh. back from And uh, so we all went down, you know, for the funerals. It was it was really heart-wrenching. I, uh, I can't begin to imagine. They were all buried in two separate graves in uh, one of the military cemeteries. And uh, But you know what that taught me, Tom, is uh, we have a culture that doesn't want to talk about death. And it comes when you don't know it's going to be there. And we don't prepare for it. Jack did not leave things in order for Debbie. And she had enough to deal with losing her whole family without trying to figure out where things were and how to get to them. And it's so important for all of us that we have loved ones, that we have a conversation with them about where things are, what's important to us, because we don't know when it's going to happen. He was 55. But we had a, you know, we have lots of friends who died younger. We, you just don't know when it's going to happen. You know that 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 is such an excellent point, Annie. Um, as you said, none of us know when we are going to die, and it is very important that we leave our wills with someone we can trust, and we let people know where the finances are, how to access the finances and what exactly you want done with your remains. I mean, my family knows exactly what to do with me when I am incapacitated. I want hospice to give me a nice big dose of morphine, let me on my way. I don't want to live in a nursing home. I'm not living that way. And uh, cremate me immediately and uh, put me above ground. Actually, I want a pyramid at Forest Lawn. That's what I really want. Um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not even kidding. I want a pyramid. Um, so not, not a big pyramid, but just a pyramid would be nice. I see. Um, I see. but I, I'm so sorry that that happened to you and your words of caution are, I'm so glad you're calling in because I hope people from this show take that away. You have to let your loved ones know where the money is, what the benefits are, what you want because so many people don't. And you're right, we are afraid to speak of death in this country. Now, I am very fortunate because my daughter is actually a rising star lawyer, according to the publication. Um, so she knows all, you know, she knows everything and she knows how to access it. And I don't worry at all about her uh, taking care of the estate when it happens. Right. But now, you know that if she predeceases I'm me, I'm, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say I'm appalled at the number of people that I meet and talk to who do not have wills and they have children. You know, uh, they're risking having those children be wards of the state, not go to somebody they want them to go to. I just can't imagine the grief that that would cause on top of everything else. So You know, and this is such a great call. And again, this is one of the reasons I'm doing this show. What did you learn from the fact that somebody died early? And if this guy had his own airplane, um, he wasn't poor, obviously. And there were certainly some assets. And what I'm interested in, in finding out is what happened in the Steve Barnes incident, because that whole thing from the day it happened, what he was doing at that altitude near Batavia when he was heading in for a Buffalo landing is beyond me. And I have to believe that was not a pilot error. I think that was a problem with the airplane itself. Just like Mark Croce's helicopter breaking apart in midair, I think the Steve yeah. Barnes thing is going to be one hell of a lawsuit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, right. 
Well, no, because an experienced pilot like Steve Barnes, for him to be at, what was it, 28,000 feet over Batavia? You're not at 28,000 feet over Batavia. You're cruising down to 3,500 3, maybe, getting ready to land at Buffalo. That's it. Um, That's right. Thank you, and I'm so sorry for the loss of your family, and I'm grateful for your call. And thank appreciate you. it, my dear. Um, if you're on hold, I ask you, I indulge, I'm asking your indulgence. Would you please stay on hold so I don't have to talk too much in the next hour to set up the topic again? This is one that I think is very, very important. And what the last caller said is of vital importance. Now, I'm lucky. My daughter's an attorney, and she's got all the documents. She knows exactly what I want, and I trust her to do the right thing. Okay? So I don't worry about it. All right? Everybody knows immediate cremation and build me a pyramid. 803-09, I don't know how Forrest Lawn feels about that, but uh, we'll see. 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. As long as the French don't use it for target practice like they did the Great Pyramid of Khufu.